Bonjour everyone and welcome to Casser les Lignes, the French football podcast with the accent brought to you by Breaking the Lines, football opinions curated by professionals from all around the world. Thanks for listening to Casser les Lignes. This week is a bit of a special week for us. We are doing the Ligue 1 preview and I'm going to be joined by Baptiste from Le Classic Pod. We're releasing four episodes where we're going to talk about all the teams in Ligue 1. We decided to split those episodes, uh, this preview in four. Uh, one episode will be about the teams fighting to avoid relegation. One of them about the teams that we think will end up into the middle of the table. One of them, the four teams that will fight for uh, Europa League. And then the last one will be about the teams fighting for the title. Spoiler alert, Paris Saint-Germain will be in there. Listen to all four episodes. Ask us questions. Tell us what you disagree on. Get in touch with both um, Baptiste or myself. And also, of course, check the website Breaking the Lines for all the latest articles. And check the podcast of Breaking the Lines, Corta Linhas, the Portuguese uh, podcast also has a critical preview of the season by Zach Lawi. Thank you very much for listening to Cassel Ligne. Hope you enjoy those four episodes. Please subscribe, like, ask all the questions that you want. But first, music. Liga preview episode four, Oof, the top four, <laughs> the end of that Liga preview, and uh, and thank you for following us, following us through. Excuse me, Jeremy Magan, your host, Baptiste, the classic pod, with us, uh, and we are talking about, of course, Liga this season, the season 22-23 was going to be uh, fascinating. Twenty club at the beginning, eighteen at the end, with four relegation and only two promoted uh and, and we've already discussed the the teams that are going to fight to avoid relegation the teams that are going to end in our opinion in the middle of the table the teams that will fight for a spot in europe and now we're talking about i don't know if we're talking about title contention but at least we're talking about champions league contention and, and which team can go there i mean at least i'm going to be talking about this because apparently batiste doesn't <laughs> believe in, in one of the teams that we're going to approach. not just any team i don't not, not just any team that i don't believe in <laughs> not just any team i didn't put them behind me today out of respect but uh but we all know that i'm a, a marseille fan um and so I'll, i'll i'll start and i'll say that my top four was marseille four Lyon three Monaco 2 and Paris 1. And your top four Baptists would be? Lyon 4th, Rennes 3rd, Monaco 2nd and PSG top. So we both see PSG winning the league. Um, you had Rennes a bit higher than, than what I had them. We, I guess, are in agreement that Monaco and Lyon mm. um, should be there this year. I think we probably would have said the same thing at the beginning of the season last year and then Monaco mm -hmm. were the one that were able to uh, to come back after a, a desperate last run. Uh, let's talk first about the team that we disagree on, <laughs> Olympique de Marseille. Marseille, with their usual chaotic of season, it was doing so well uh, qualifying for the Champions League and finishing mm. second that they decided to part ways with the coach uh, and <laughs> to uh, do some the, late... Sorry, the coach decided to part ways. True, the coach decided <laughs> to part ways because they couldn't get Griezmann. Good on, good on you, uh, Jorge Sampaoli. It's funny because <laughs> while all this was going on, I was watching, I don't know if, you, if you've seen that documentary, not documentary, but uh, that series um, El Presidente. No. 
Very interesting series. If you're listening to the pod, please jump on it. Uh, it's on uh, Prime Video. It's the story of how the FBI got onto FIFA for corruption because mm. it all started from the Chilean uh, president, football federation president, um, mm. who was the president back when Jorge Sampaoli was the coach and won uh, La Copa America. And they basically talk about the corruption in South America from ages ago, but also very specifically 2010 to 2016, and how getting through the corruption of South America has helped the FBI going through the corruption in FIFA. Anyway, that's a very interesting uh, mm. series because it's it's based on true stories, and they made it kind of a little bit more fun and a little bit more uh, South American. It's in, it's in Espanol. It's um, it's an Argentinian or a Mexican series. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, it's worth the watch for anybody who wants to uh, to know a little bit more about corruption in football in case you thought there was none. Um, anyway, back to back to our sheep, as we say in France. Uh, Marseille. So Marseille, a lot of players were on loan last year. They've kept a few. They've lost a few more. Uh, William Saliba will not be coming back to Marseille, at least on the 31st of July. No, that's, he's that's not, the word. He's not coming back. He's not, he's he's not, not coming, coming back. back. <laughs> and why would he come back? He had a stellar season last year. Arsenal would be stupid not to keep him. Uh, Amin Harit is not back yet. He is uh, in Germany, but they're trying to get him back, apparently. Uh, Marseille got rid of uh, Luis Enrique, uh, sent on loan to Botafogo yeah. uh, in uh, Brazil. They, I think it's a mistake, um, gave basically Mandanda to Rennes, um, mm offering one of their um, competitors a very good goalkeeper. Uh, I guess probably it's out of respect for Mandanda, but it's not a, the smartest move. Camara, of course, left on the free, and he's now at Aston Villa. And they've just sold Luan Perez to Fenerbahce in Turkey. As far as the arrivals, Paolo Lopez was confirmed. Genduzi was confirmed. Sanjizunder was confirmed. It was finally time to buy Milik. Uh, and then they recruited Jonathan Klos that we've mentioned, which is a, a great recruitment. Uh, and some less known player, Luis Suarez, uh, striker at Granada last year. He was relegated from La Liga uh, in second division. Uh, Isaac Touré, the young centre-back mm. from Le Havre, 19 years old, towering centre-back. Uh, Chancel Mbemba, 27 or 31 or 33, we don't really know how old he is, uh, who used to play at Porto and who was free and who apparently was clocked at 37 kilometers an hour or 32 kilometers an hour, I can't remember. Uh, so a fast centre-back. Nuno Tavares, uh, another fast player, left back from Arsenal. Um, a bit of an unknown, Ruben Blanco, goalkeeper from Celta Vigo, who's on loan and who's going to be fighting it out with Paul Lopez. Uh, and Samuel Gigo, who had signed, I think, back in January um, for free and who joined from Spartak Moscow at the end of the Russian season. More importantly, finally, Kevin Strotman is back and Marseille can only win if Kevin Strotman yes. is back in Marseille. <laughs> the new coach, and, and probably the reason why I see them high and you don't, is Igor Tudor. Uh, and, and it is it is the main unknown Igor Tudor, Croatian mm. coach, famously uh, defender of um, Marcelo Lippi's Juventus, not always in the starting lineup, but one of those coaches that supposedly, because he was a player under Marcelo Lippi, is a great coach, just like Zidane, just like Deschamps. Um, we haven't seen that yet. He's had a wow. half a good season at Elas Veron, and that was probably what he's he was. No, he's no Ravanelli or Perlo. 
or it could it could or, be or, any all of those, you. all those Juventus successes, right? He was he was Pirlo's assistant when Pirlo <laughs> failed, so uh, probably had his uh, had his well in that. Uh, in Marseille fashion, the chaos has been there all of the off season. Camoranesi came with Tudor and then left after four days, um, and, and the transfer has been uh, a lot of word, and then nobody knew about Suarez coming in. Uh, there was a bit of a, of a story for close. Anyway, Marseille. You don't see them finishing as high, most likely because of the chaos, of the instability, of the lack of your dear continuity. Mm. Um, go ahead, hit me. Who makes the decisions at this club? I don't know. Pablo Longoria. Yeah, it's Pablo Longoria, but I'm not sure how much he consults Igor Tudor about that based on mm-hmm. some of the signings. Um, you've talked about uh, Tudor's quote-unquote inexperience i know he's managed in in croatia he's obviously managed in italy he's managed in turkey you know it's not his first job but it's a different it's a slightly different environment here than verona although i suppose for croatia and, and turkey split how you split and i think it fenerbahce you said right mm-hmm. so are, are quite similar to to marseille in that in that sense um but it's for me it's just the the sense that that team hasn't been built by and for Tudor, right? So, so whoever whoever would have come in after San Paoli would have had a really tall task on their hands, with high expectations for the league and the Champions League, and players that have been successful playing in a particular style that fit them. Uh, so this is where there's a lot of uncertainty now. In the best case scenario, Tudor gets it. Tudor gets his players gets them playing up to their strength if he's a smart manager he'll make that happen right just because he didn't sign those players doesn't mean he can't he can't be successful but i'm i'm a bit and i know we were talking about it a little bit offline as well but i don't know i don't really know what formation he's going to play i don't know whether that formation is going to suit certain important players like gerson like payette um and there's certain players like milik who who will either have a brilliant season or will be so underwhelming as to be disappointing. And and a lot relies upon him. So I'm, you know, similar to what we talked about for some other clubs like Ren, I can see a scenario where Tudor gets it right and they go up and they, they finish second again and they maybe win a game in the Champions League for the first time in, you know, 12 years or whatever it is. (laughs) Um, but, But I also see a scenario where it's, utterly chaotic no one has a sense of what style they want to play players are disappointed Tudor gets sacked you bring someone in and you have too much ground to cover to really be in in that top four um that's that's where I was coming from and that's why I had them had them sixth um on and I'll just add that for me in terms of talent they have a lot of really talented players but in terms of attacking talent they relied a whole lot upon Payet mm-hmm. last year. And I'm not sure who's stepping up to help him this year. And he's, what, 34, 35? So that, that's my main worry for them. I, th- I think I, I obviously agree with most of what you're saying. I think that, I mean, A, since Tudor came up, they, they, they recruit people 
under Tudor, under Tudor mm. or under Longoria's choice, but they did um, get a few players thanks to um, what Tudor wanted and, and, and his system. So I think we're looking at a, a coach who's going to play in a 3-4-2-1, uh, most likely. Um, and so those two those two wing-backs that they've just got, close and, and Nuno Tavares, work in what he wants to do. Uh, Defensively, they got the three defenders. I think it's going to be Gigo, Charitatsar, and, um, and Isaac Touré. Then, yeah, if you start looking at what's going on up front, it's a bit, it's a bit harder to, to see exactly what's going to happen. Uh, I think first we have to write a wrong. Marseille won against Olympiakos in Champions League in 2021, so it's not been uh, easy. So, uh, sorry. Have a wonderful game. No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But uh, they've, kept, they've kept players. They've kept... Yeah. Um, you know, um, Rongier, Gay, Guendouzi, Gerson, Payet, your, your midfield core is there. Defensively, it's a bit scary. The goalkeeper, it's definitely scary. Um, but, but we will see, I guess, what it does. Tudor, apparently, from the preseason, from what we've been told, he's, he's almost the exact opposite of Sampaoli, but with right. the same intensity. So the intensity is when we lose the ball, pressing high, trying to get the ball quickly, and then trying to play very quick to get to mm. the to the goal as fast as possible, not trying to do a, yeah. a handball style of, of position football like Sampaoli was doing. Is that going to change when he coaches Marseille? Most likely, because when you play against a team who parks the bus, you can't do that all the time, otherwise you, you expose yourself. But th- this is what he's trying to do. I, I think, you know, I think it's a season where for a lot of players, I don't. Uh, sometimes I'm wondering if it's hopeful wishing of, of what is actually going to happen. But for a lot of players, it's it's a pretty important season, you know. Um, mm. for, for Payet is done, but Genduzi wants to play the World Cup. Milik wants to play the World Cup, um, and and they want to be able to represent their country uh, on on the bigger stage, whether it's the World Cup or, or later on. Uh, so there's a lot of players that have something in the balance that that matters, and there are a lot of players as well that need to prove themselves. And mm. I need to prove that they have a, a certain level to go back to their club or, or or to just get a bigger transfer. I'm talking about, you know, Tavares. I'm talking about Samuel Gigo that no one knows. Uh, players that need to um, sort of rebuy themselves a, a reputation like Leo Badergi. Yeah. So, so, so there is... Oh. It, yeah, right. It, it, could, it, could be, it could be everything and nothing. Mm. I, I, think, I think we're not going to know what's going on with Tudor for like two months. No. And then... If he's lucky, he's getting good results. If he's unlucky and he gets bad results, he's going to get the axe, and then the talent is still there. And Marseille, mm. Longoria, if Longoria knows anything, is that you, he's not allowed to fail at Marseille. He still benefits that that aura of since he came, the club is getting better. But he knows he can't make any mistakes. So if nominating Tudor is a mistake, he'll find another coach that is not a mistake. And I think, and that's why I put them finishing fourth because with the talent that is in that team. Even if they fail to start with, they change the coach, they'll go back up. And that that's how that's how I see it. Maybe in the in what did Monaco last year. I think Payet mm-hmm. is a great player and he's never been better than when there's a new coach coming to to see him. Uh so so he might be double motivated this year if, if it changes mm-hmm. twice. Um but it's and, and and I know that you you know that as well. It's a team that on paper shouldn't be anywhere near under a fourth place. There's mm. too many players that are supposedly talents who we haven't seen 
performing to the point where they're supposed to perform. Um, but, but, you know, you were talking about, um, I think it was Ren, where every single position was doubled. Uh, if you remove the left-back position, which is a little bit of, a, of an unknown there, although you still have Amavi Kolasinac behind Tavares, um, at Marseille, every post is almost tripled. So it looks like the job has been done well. I, I feel like there's just this, as you know, this innate chaos that yeah. it could stop whenever. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I I would disagree on you on the depth. Uh, I think Kolasinac, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Lirola, li, li, li yeah. that they've sh- uh, two years ago, think, he's the best right back. Yes, yeah. I, don't, I don't, yeah. So I mean, Lirola, I'm a little bit higher on than Kolasinac, for example. But based on what he showed us last season, he was terrible. Um, <laughs> I, I I think Marseille, Marseille, like you say, have a lot of talent. They certainly in midfield, they have a lot of players that I really like. I'm a huge fan of Rongier. I think he's criminally underrated. Um, you know, I, I, I like Gendouzi. I like Gerson. I'd rather have a Rongier in my side, frankly. Be good uh, to see Rongier in the midfield this year. Yeah. So, but, but I think, you know, I've mentioned my, my reservations about uh, the strike force, especially if you're going to ask those guys to press, um, I'll need to be convinced. I need to see it to believe it. Um, and then defensively, you know, that back five, I mean, I'm a huge fan of close, but the rest of that back five is pretty scary. And I, I still don't know why they got rid of Luan Perez, who brought yeah, balance, balance either as a left wing back or as a left-sided center back. Um, so, and the goalkeeping situation doesn't fill me with confidence either. So there's, there's still, there's still, for me, I look at, you know, I look at Monaco, I look at Lyon and I look at Rennes evidently because that was my choice. But I think no squads are better than as a, in, as a whole, I think no squads are better than, for, certainly for Ligue 1, than, than uh, Marseille. They don't have, if for me, Rennes, for example, doesn't have as many holes as because if you lose Truffert, you put Milling, and Milling would start over Tavares at, at uh, Marseille for me. Um, so you know, it's it's it, it's it's you know, it's a personal view, but I, I think there are there are too many flaws at Marseille. Even if you take out the environment and and the contexts and the uncertainty about the coach, there are too many flaws at the moment for me to see them see them finishing finishing fourth, but. You know, they. I've seen crazier seasons at Marseille, and like, and like you said, if that is totally true, if it doesn't work out in the first first part of the season, they will get rid of Tudor. They will find mm-hmm. somebody to come in because somebody will take on that beautiful challenge that is Marseille, and somebody will make that group of talented players click. So, and we've seen from Monaco, they were nowhere with Kovac, and they they had a wonderful run at the end of the season, and they finished third. So, um, yeah, the 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 potential is still there, but at the start of the season, I'm quite uncomfortable about, about Marseille in the top four. It's going to be a, a great season to, uh, to witness mm. for uh, the club of the Stade de Rodome. Uh, let's talk about the, the other three. Um, let's go just a, a little bit north. Lyon, <laughs> Olympic Lyonnais, the coach is still there, Peter Both. You said it at the very beginning. Is he? Does he want podcast. to? <laughs> yeah, all right. He's still, still <laughs> held hostage in, uh, in the city of lights. Um, Lyon has lost Léo Dubois. Uh, apparently, the, the fans of Lyon weren't too unhappy about it. Um, and, and some young players that have uh, 
that have either been loaned or uh, that were out of their contract. Tangi Ndombele wasn't kept. He's back at Tottenham. And Jason Denayer wasn't kept either. And uh, yeah. he's still with that club, I think. I don't think he's... Yeah, well, good signed. riddance. I don't know who's anyway. advising him, but good riddance. He was good at one point, poor, poor Jason. Um, the recruitment of, of Lyon was uh, another sign of the famous Lyon DNA. Corentin Tolisso is back. Alexander Lacazette is back. Um, they've recruited Johan Le Penant from mm. Caen, who's apparently a very um, promising young defensive midfielder. And then they got Nicolas Taliafico, the left back from Ajax. Oh, yeah, they haven't kept Emerson as well, of course, the um, left back from Chelsea. Uh and, and then the squad, besides that, hasn't changed much. Uh, Paqueta, whose shirt is behind me, uh, is still here as it stands, and I think it'd be good for Lyon if he stays. Uh, Kakere, I think, most importantly, mm. is still here. Malo Gusto is still here. Lukeba is still here. Jomande is still here. Uh, Boateng is still here. I don't, I yeah, don't wow. A, I don't think it's yeah. a good idea. Um, and, I, don't and, think it's, I don't think it's their choice that he's still here. Yeah, I don't think it's his choice either. <laughs> I think he wants to go. Uh, and Awar is still here and same thing. I don't think it's their choice or his choice. Uh, but uh, he, the last game uh, it was against Inter last yesterday. I've seen a bit of the highlights and uh, Awar looked like he's uh, already gone. Um, mm. Anyway, that's a, that's a squad that you said it um, the coach is probably the biggest question mark, but besides that, there's just a lot of talent in this team. And I think bringing Lacazette is um, is really going to be a, a huge change. And when I see this team, when I see Lacazette on one side, uh, at front, Tete on one side, and on the other side, either uh, Toko Ekambi or Dembele, and then you have Paqueta, Fevre, uh, Rena Delaide, and in the midfield, Kakure holding it next to Tolisso, it just looks like such a strong Lyon team this year. Mm. Yeah, a strong, a strong side, a bit of a, you know, Champions League recruitment, frankly. Um, players who are on big wages at big club, even Tagliafico, right, comes from Ajax. That's mm-hmm. that's that's a big, that's a Champions League club. Uh, probably bigger at the moment at Lyon, doesn't matter what Lyon fans say. Um, and so, you know, XXL recruitment, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not really sure they've addressed the weaknesses that we saw last season, right? I mean, I, I, I like Lacazette. I like Tolisso. I don't know enough about Tagliafico because he hasn't played that much over the last few years. And I, I'm really enthusiastic about Lupin, Lupin, who looks really, really good. But you still have about 25 midfield players who don't seem still to be playing the position, in uh, best positions. I'm not sure... Ne- I'm not sure... Uh, a striker, you know, Dembele was much derided, but he was still certainly towards the second half of the season. He mm-hmm. was pretty, pretty good. For me, the weaknesses were very clear. We, fullbacks and s- central defense. It's a defensive spine, effectively, because at the moment they're saying to Diomande, who's been injured for a year, come back and be the leader because Dukebe is still too young. And then they're asking Gusto, who I like, but showed some understandable deficiencies in his game because he's learning the trade because he's he was trained as a midfielder you're asking him to be your fullback for the whole season in the back four in the back four when he's more at the moment he his profile fits more that of a of a wing back so and then you're asking Kakre or Le Penant to carry the, to be the water carrier for a whole midfield that seems uninterested in mystery tracking back so it's 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 the same questions ultimately Midfield and going forward, the talent is just so overwhelming. <laughs> you know, you've got 
you know, Kakre, you've got Tete. Everybody hates Toko Ikambi, but he's, and I know he's it's so infuriating, but his stats, you know, say something about the type of player he is, whether you like him or not. Um, Awa, I think, has become a scapegoat and mm-hmm. I think has been paraded left, right, and center across midfield over the last three years that he doesn't know what position he plays in anymore. Um, you know, and Paqueta has been played across across the park as well. So, and on top of that, you had youngsters like El Arouche, Da Silva, who are meant to be really good, Le Penant, there are, and Toliso, and there are too many people for too, mm-hmm. too few spaces. So I'm wor- more worried about the balance of the squad and the atmosphere because it's it's looking like it's too it's too big a squad at the moment. That's that's my and on top of that, we've talked about we've talked about Peter Bosch. I have no idea what that man stands for. I don't know whether he wants to be there. Uh, he seems very passive. His teams, you know, his team one day plays wonderful football where they look untouchable. Actually, it's not even one day. It's in the first 25 minutes, they look untouchable. The next 20, that it looked like a fourth tier side that's completely disorganized. So it's, uh, I've banked on them finishing fourth, and that's, I'm not going to say that's on talent alone, but, um, but I think there's more talent there than at Marseille, for example. And, and I, I think, I think they'll finish there. Yeah. They have, and they're not playing any European game this season. They didn't yes. qualify last year, so the rotation is uh, is somewhat limited for the amount of of uh, of player that they have in that squad. It's definitely a, a tough, heavy mm. squad. And, and and look, you know, as I like Lacazette, I like Tolisso. Tolisso's always injured. He's barely played in preseason. Now maybe that's just you knew that you're ramping him up to be fit a bit later. You're not counting him in the first few days of the season. You know. Lacazette and Tagliafico, there are question marks around them, you know, that are that are genuine. I think Lacazette is still a very good league striker, but he barely played over the last six months of the season. And Tagliafico looked like Ajax were quite happy to get rid of him. And he mm-hmm. wasn't their first choice. So that raises questions, but um but we'll see. Yeah, I, I... I guess I have my doubt, but I guess I see them working out rather than rather than not. Um, but yeah, it'll be a, as as every other team. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if they do recruit a, an experienced centre back because they really need that um, to to be able to stabilise this uh, this defence. Let's go back to southeast of France. French Riviera, Monaco, Monaco, and Philippe Clément, the coach, and Monaco, who's been. Um, I mean, quite interesting in the transfer window. Aurélien Chamini is gone, 80 million euros to Real Madrid. Um, Strahinia Pavlovic is uh, at RB Salzburg. Uh, Pellegrini is gone. Aoulou finally signed for Strasbourg. And uh, uh, probably we should write a book on Aoulou's career uh, and how Strasbourg made a lot of money on him. I think they sold him 12 million to Monaco and had him on loan for two seasons straight without paying his uh, salary. And now they just put him back for 3 million. Uh, so well done, Strasbourg. A club well run and who knows how to make business. Um, Monaco has recruited Takumi Minamino from Liverpool for 15 million. Bril Mbolo uh, from Mundinglaba for 12 million. Uh, Thomas Didion, a bit surprisingly, came from Cercle Bruges and is going to be um, Alexander Nubel's number two. Nubel, who's 
on loan until the end of the season and then he's technically going back to Bayern Munich. It's, uh, it's interesting to uh, to mention. Uh, Leconte is back and then uh, was let go, if I'm not mistaken. He's going to play in uh, La Liga. Yeah, Espanol. Um, and, and that's about it. Um, a few youngsters uh, have come back and uh, um, let's see if they end up having some uh, some time or not. Magnus Akliush, I think it's probably the the most known of those youngsters and hopefully he gets some uh, some time to, to play. He played in the Cup a couple of times last year and he was quite, uh, quite impressive. Uh, but the squad basically, besides Chouameni, hasn't really uh, been weakened. Um, there's there's still word that maybe Benoit Badiachil would leave mm. um, the centre-back. Uh, but otherwise, it, it looks very much the same. It looks like Matazo would replace Chouameni and then that they have just more solutions up front. Up front, it starts to be crowded. <laughs> Sofian Diop, Takumi Minamino, William Goebbels, Goebbels, I should say, um, Gelson Martins, Crepin Giata, Anthony Moussaba, Kevin Wolland, Wissam Benyeder, Brel Mbolo, and Myron Boadou. Ten strikers who potentially would be starters in like half mm. of the teams in Liga and all in one club. It looks like uh, Monaco when they were first bought by the Russians like five, six years ago when they were doing the... <laughs> The presentation with like 45 players I've signed this uh, this summer. Um, what do you think about Monaco, Batist? They're the best armed team to challenge PSG. If it, if yeah. anyone's going to put put up a challenge, they've got depth. Um, they've got young up and coming talent. They've got quality in every position, pretty much. Certainly for Liga. Um, and Clément seemed to have settled on who his starting eleven was with you know, counting on certain players to bring a different dimension. So Mbolo strikes me as that when mm-hmm. Ben Yedder needs a rest or or you need a, a change of dynamic up top. So, you know, it's surprisingly stable, I suppose, their summer, which is a change. Um, but they're, they're just, they, look, they looked really well drilled. They looked really well organized under Clément once he really got his hands onto the team. And... Um, yeah, and there's and there's there's talent there. The, the only question mark I would have is around their defense. So mm-hmm. I I really like Badiashil. I also quite like Dizassi, but you know they do suffer from brain farts here and there, and then they're still young. They're still learning, and um, and apart from uh, and the loss of Chamonix means they've lost a bit of a shield as well. So that's that's the only area of concern because I think the rest kind of all fits together quite nicely, actually. Surprisingly young squad. Um, Benyeda is 31, Voland is 30, and then you got Aguilar, 29, and then it's Minamino, who's 27, and then everybody looks like they're 25, 24, 23, 22, 21, mm. certainly in defense, except oh, Maripan, maybe 28, but they're all 21, 22, 23. It's, it's, it's a young team. I mean, obviously, Philippe Clément is used to it. When he was at Bruges, it was... Uh, youngsters everywhere yeah. um but, but this year i mean they start the, the their first game is on wednesday um against psv in the um in the champions league uh qualifiers but um but yeah they, they will need they will need all their all their strength and i'm i'm looking forward to seeing monaco play i mean if the what was it 10 games and defeated nine straight wins to finish the, yeah. the season uh if it's anything to go by they'll go well and i think 
the luck that they have with a player like to mention him, uh, Usain Benier there, uh, it doesn't matter when that's going to happen. He's going to have a streak of five, six games where he's going to score eight, nine goals, and no. it's going to happen no. three times during the season. Uh, and then he'll finish with his 25 goals, and he'll be as as important regardless if he plays five or, or 90 minutes. Um, so, yeah, the, the, it, it's it's talented. It's, uh, it's deep. I agree with you. It's the one squad that can challenge Paris Saint-Germain based on talent alone and, and mm. on the fact that they can do that for a whole season. Um, will they do it eventually? We'll see, but it'll probably be... Um, we will transition to Paris Saint-Germain right now. In my opinion, if Paris Saint-Germain doesn't win the title, it'll be Paris Saint-Germain who lost it rather yeah. than another team who win it once again, right? Because they are yeah. the favourites. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's... <laughs> Much to add to that, frankly. I think on the Monaco side, it's it's not only the talent, it's just the fit. It's, you know, we've talked about question marks at, at, at Marseille, at, at, at Lyon. You know, there's some obvious, obvious weaknesses and, and questions of fit. Um, at, at Monaco, I don't get that feeling at all. I think they all know their role. They all know the hierarchy. Um and that's why even players like Minamino and Mbolo, I don't think they've necessarily come in to start. And I don't think they've been promised that they will start. I think they've been told we've got a long season ahead. Get ready to be flexible. <laughs> Sometimes not even play in your favorite position, but you know, you'll get some game time. And at some points in the season, you'll be you'll be an important player for us. So it, it seems like that everything's been designed quite nicely, calmly, which is a change at Monaco. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so Paris Saint-Germain, Ligue 1 champions, uh, a busy of seasons. Uh, Colin Dagba, we mentioned it, has been loaned to Strasbourg. Uh, Xavi Simmons, the 19-year-old, left on a free and is now playing for PSV. He scored a goal in preseason last mm. night. Uh, Angel Di Maria, left on a free for Juventus. Martin Bulka is in Nice. Alphonse Areola is in West Ham. That's two out of the 45 goalkeepers that they had, uh, which is gone. <laughs> and uh, and on the recruiting side, uh, they got Vitinha. I think it's it's probably the uh, one of the main guys that have got 41 million euros from Porto. Nuno Mendes uh, was confirmed, 38 million from Sporting. Um, Nordi Mukiele, the French international, mm. has joined from RB Leipzig for 12 million. Hugo Ekitike is coming from Stade de Reims. And then a couple of uh, players back from Lone, Sarabia, Kalimwendo, uh, and then um, Rafinha, Pembele, Sergio Rico, who, who probably won't see much of the uh, play. Of course, the narrative is Mbappé stayed, Galchi is the yeah. new coach, and Paris Saint-Germain needs to win everything um it's a team that has a, a very deep squad um I, i'm trying to remember which players have been asked to uh, stop training with the main team it's Kerrer, kurzawa yeah. wijnaldum herrera draxler rafinha i think that's gay? it gay is still uh kept yeah. so far they were, i think they are, actually I don't want to lose to lose gay yeah, I mean, the good thing with Kurzawa is he'd already gotten started before, before they put him in the loft. <laughs> he's been in the loft for so, years. You know, he's, yeah, he's been chilling out there for a little while. But yeah, I mean, if it, it, they've had an interesting transfer window. I think we've talked about it a couple of times. Like for me, they should focus on getting rid of a lot of people. I think mm-hmm. that's what they are trying to do because you need you need the club to be healthy. And when you've got players who remain professional, I'm sure, but 
you know, you know, aren't aren't that interested because they're not they know they're not going to play. It's also a difficult context for the player himself, right? Uh, so I think that 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 should be that should be their focus because otherwise, in terms of the transfers they've they've made, they actually make a a lot of sense. You know, uh, Vitinha will bring a bit of movement. You know, from from what I've been told, because I haven't really seen him play, but you know, will bring a bit of endeavor, dynamism in midfield, so that you don't overly rely on Verratti. Uh, Mukiele brings can play centre back in a three, or you know, right back or right wing back. Um, so that's and then Ekitike is. I Future don't know what he's. Yeah, but he's you know when Neymar and Messi will be gone, he he will have had at least a year of PSG football in his legs, and he will know and will know the club. So and obviously Nuno Mendes was just a no brainer. So I think if you look at that, plus a few players that they have brought back on loan, which I would like to see. I don't know how much of a chance they'll be given, but certainly certainly in Liga, I don't know why Timote Pembele, for example, can't give someone a rest at right back. Um, he's injured at the moment, if I'm not mistaken. He's still um, coming back right. from an injury at Bordeaux, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and why you know Pablo Sarabia might not also give a breather if he's if if they accept those roles, then you know I think they've addressed they've addressed what they need to cover. So it's about getting rid of dead wood and maybe adding. You know, I could see it left wing back, left back. If mm-hmm. the question has always been about whether Bernat stays fit or not, because I think if he stays fit, he'll probably a good sec- second yeah. secondary option. So they seem, you know, they seem to have actually done this transfer window quite smartly at the moment. Firepower is crazy. Eh? Neymar, Messi, Sarabia, Mbappé, Kijike, Icardi, Calwimwendo. And then in the middle, we, we mentioned Virginia Verratti, Paredes, Rafinha, Gay, Wijnaldum. It's just but it, everywhere. You yeah. have to win the Liga. But that's, and that's where maybe... I think the three switch to three five two uh, three was it three four one two by the mm-hmm. looks of it sounds really smart because you've got nothing in midfield apart from you know as in creatively when you obviously Vitinha looks looks like that now although he's got a, Vitinha and Verratti can play that role I think probably together because otherwise mm-hmm. Paredes and Danilo yeah are just bang average right so to focus on and unleash Hakimi and Mendes in, in positions that fit them better and actually get um, get the, that front three to sort of play in positions that fit them a bit more. I think Messi as a 10 makes more sense than the way he was played last year. And, and then Neymar, Neymar is not staying after this season, mm-hmm. I think. So, you know. We'll answer that. We'll answer that when uh, when we do a special episode uh, about the question that we ask on Twitter about about the uh, preseason. Uh, but but I think you know the the story will be you can't win a, a championship or even a Champions League if you only have eight out of your eleven players um, who are making the effort. And uh, and mm. Galce's main mission will be how do I get Neymar, Mbappe, and uh, and Messi to defend really to uh, to hold be yeah. as a uh, to hold be as a unit. Surprise, surprise! We we are seeing Paris Saint Germain winning yeah. the, the league. Uh, they'll be if they win the league this season, they'll be their eleventh uh, league and title, which will put them all the way at the top of the team who've won the most uh, league in history of our competition. Because right now they are leveled with Tetchen with ten, uh, but they will be the first one and the only one. To win eleven titles, so a bit of a, a bit of a historic one for uh, for Paris Saint Germain in the middle of that uh, season with the with the World Cup in uh, 
Qatar. Anyway, this is the end of the Ligue 1 preview. Thanks, Baptiste. That was a, oh, that was a lot Lost. of fun. Yeah. We went through uh, all, all 20 teams. We hope that you guys enjoyed it listening at home. There'll be release, of course, uh, over the course of four days. Uh, but, it, but it'll be good to, uh, to hear your thoughts. And of course, we'll... Uh, We'll get back to it later on this season to see how uh, how well oh, we predicted <laughs> what was happening and uh, and who was dead wrong when what? Marseille gets relegated and and Rennes wins the league. What's the what's your prediction that scares you the most? As in that you see has the potential to so massively backfire in your in your rankings. Uh, either like a very disappointing season for like Toulouse or Reims. When end up being relegated when I really don't see it, or um, or Lyon again completely mm. um, forgetting to play and ended up again eight or nine. Everyone else, I feel like I'm 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 pretty okay. Like if Marseille doesn't finish fourth, they finish fifth. You know what I mean? I don't mm. see them going much further down. Um, but um, but yeah, I think those three teams are are maybe potentially the one that can that can fail you. I feel like I've really backed Ren quite highly, so I'm sure that will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that will massively backfire. Um, they couldn't make it finishing third on a season where I think that they've overperformed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Easy. Easy. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's the Ren is Ren Marseille Lyon are the are the ones that you know mm-hmm. my other predictions Very that worry enough. me the most. Yeah. A lot of them for those ones. Uh, yeah, well, that, that was that was a lot of fun. I hope you guys have enjoyed. Again, please like, subscribe, um, have a look at the Breaking the Line website, have a look at the threads that uh, Baptiste have, have written on Twitter that are a great compliment to uh, what we've just done. And there's a, a last episode coming up where we're going to answer to um, the question that we had on Twitter, the, the, the episode that we'll name the mail, according to Baptiste, and, and, and that's what we're going mailbox. to get to. Mailbox. The mailbox. The mailbox, of course. <laughs> uh, and that will be released separately. Uh, thanks for following that Liga preview, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Don't hesitate if you have any questions.